0: Hey, so we are back with another episode on the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. I'm Kitty and Alora Rain, the Wayfaring Witch is joining us again today. Today we're going to be discussing all things pagan gods. So, let's get started. Hey Alora, how's it going? Good, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good. good. So, So I'll just start the podcast by telling everyone if you hear Mm -hmm. rain or birds in the background, it's just, it's just how it's going to be. So.
1: (laughs) Oh, Um. natural.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Sirens. Just ignore those. (laughs) Hopefully that doesn't happen. So. All right. So today let's start by talking about what pagan gods and goddesses we've both worked with in the past and also maybe um, what gods and goddesses we're working with currently. Uh, You can go ahead and start if you'd like, Laura.
1: Yeah, sure. So I don't know about other practitioners, but I may work with quite a bit more deity than most practitioners, simply because Um, I do custom vigil candle work for, um, different deities. And so in doing that, I actually have to connect with whatever deity it is that I'm making the vigil candle for. So I have worked with, uh, Hecate, Odin, Green Man, Artemis, Kali, Rhiannon, Maui, Gaia, Freya, Kuan Yin, Berkta, Athena, Apollo, (laughs) And um, currently, uh, Odin is my patron. And actually, he's always been my patron deity. And then my current matron is Rhiannon. And I am in the middle of crafting a vigil candle for someone who is a devotee of Nantoswelta. And she is a Celtic goddess. Well,
0: I think she's Welsh, but
1: yeah. So I have worked with a lot. What about you?
0: Yeah, that is a lot. Well, um, I don't make candles for deities. <laughs> so, definitely not as many as you, but um, I would say a few. Uh, so, mainly lately, I just, I've, my mainstay is my ancestors, but I do still uh, work with some deities, kind of not as a side thing, but my, my ancestors are definitely the relationship that I focus mostly on. But, um, that's really just been the past few years. So when I first came to the path as a teenager, I also worked with Rhiannon first. I think that I was, I was mainly drawn to her because of, um, her story. It was more or less like a a strength and faith kind of thing that I needed at the time. And so, um, her story really drew me to her. And so she was the first, but then, uh, following that, I went through a long period of, working mostly with masculine energy. So there was a lot of um, more pagan gods than goddesses. So there was Kernunos, which I think a lot of people um, work with at some point in their in their journey. And then uh, Mananan McLear, who is a sea god on the Isle of Man. He's pretty popular over there still to this day. Um, after that, I worked with Thoth when I really got into my writing and Uh, ancient Egyptian origins and things like that and uh, from there I guess a few years ago well maybe like four or five years ago that's when the goddess energy started to come back in and uh, Berkshta or Berkta however you want to say it she was with me for a while and not a lot of people know about her she's a little more obscure but uh, she's got some really great energy and who else let's see Oh, and then more recently Bastet and the Morrigan as well. But I I don't have like a big practice around the Morrigan yet. So, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for me. Odin has come through a few times, but it's like, he kind of just pops in and then he's like, okay, cool. Like I'm going (laughs) to go on a little journey. I might come back and visit. You know what I mean? I I don't know if he's like that for you, but that's kind of how he's been for me.
1: Yeah, and I totally forgot to mention, which I am so ashamed, but my first goddess that I ever worked with was Anya, and she was a fairy queen of the Tua de So, yeah, and you know, that's so funny that you were saying about Odin, like, if he's like that for me, because that is actually... um, interesting like that's an interesting topic to explore how deity energy comes through for different people
0: for sure oh yeah i would assume it's different like i i just assume that it's different for everyone how they start to work with a specific deity if the the god comes through to them or if you know they're drawn to the god first i think i guess it goes both ways but for me i don't know how it is for you but for me i i kind of they come to me, they sort, sort of kind of leave me little signs and things. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. And usually it's pretty subtle though. And then it kind of, if they don't get my attention right away, it might, they might amp it up a little bit to get my attention.
1: Right. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, for myself, for my personal practice, I kind of have this, uh, I don't know, rule for myself (laughs) Um, as a practitioner. So because I work with a lot of deity energy in, in what I do to be able to know that that particular deity is for me and my practice. Like I have this rule that I have to get three signs of significance so that I know that they are calling me. Yeah. And you know, it's real interesting too, because um. yeah it <laughs> sometimes it's the weirdest things like the weirdest things that can't be ignored even though they're super subtle
0: yeah yeah I, I agree with that and sometimes I don't know if you're like this but I I'm a little not I wouldn't say skeptical but I'm I'm usually like okay is that really a sign or am I just you know, like looking for something. You know what I mean? But then it, oh, it ends yeah. up being that there's multiple and you're like, okay, no, this is definitely a sign. It's not just me, you know, oh, yeah. um, assuming things. Like for for example, uh, like about a month ago, I guess, or a couple months ago, I went to a park. Yeah, that's when it started. So we went to a park, I took my kids to the park and like we turned around on this walkway and there was a crow Literally, like two feet from my face, like squawking in my face. And I kind of just went, okay. You know, like the kids were like, whoa. And, <laughs> and it was so close. I was like, whoa, like the nerve of this crow, right? And then the next day, the next day, I went to, I went to go, oh, oh, I went to the grocery store and there, I'm putting the groceries away and the, a crow like comes right up beside me, like walks right up to me. And I like look down at it and I'm like, all right, where's your friends? You know, I looked around to see if there was a bunch, he was the only one. And I was like, okay, hi. And then he jumped on the top of my car and I was like, oh, that's nice. You know, <laughs> I get off my car, you know, you're going to scratch it. And, um, and then another occurrence happened like that with the just a crow like coming right up to me weirdly you know and then then I thought all right well this is someone new um but I didn't want to like admit that it was a morgan because I feel like she's super popular and I'm just I don't like I like the more obscure deities because that just makes me feel cool you know so
1: (laughs) (laughs) and isn't that funny too because I think that's a thing that like a lot of practitioners have kind of like an obstacle with Because when it's a deity that's super, uh, well-known like Zeus or, you know, Thor or any of those, you're more likely to be like, no, (laughs) like this isn't happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like you, you're kind of like, all right, you got enough people. You don't need me like move on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, um, like some of the stories that I can remember from recent history so I worked with the green man in my practice around 2016 2017 Mm -hmm. and I remember it was hilarious because like I saw the green man's face in a tree and I thought no like that's just that's just my you know my head And then I went and I got my back tattoo because I have all the shocker symbols down my spine. Mm -hmm. And as I'm getting this tattoo, I'm face down on the tattoo bed and I look up at the wall and I kid you not, there is a drawing of the green man in the tattoo parlor. Uh And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) You know, because that's something like I totally wasn't expecting to see in the middle of a tattoo parlor.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's So that
1: was, yeah, that was interesting. And then Rhiannon, when she came in, um, two things were really significant that stood out in my mind. Because she's really recent. Like, I've only had her for probably the past, like, two and a half months, three months. But there were um, doves that came and perched on our back fence. And I don't know why I did it, but I just turned around and I was like you can tell your master I got the message. And at the same time they took off like right <laughs> after I said that and I was like, okay. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. And then right. it was probably, it was probably a couple weeks later. Um, I had a dream where uh, I was on a horse and then it, and it was a white horse. But when I dismounted off the horse, it turned like a ruby red color and then it shifted colors again to silver, and so I. But I know that you have dreams as well, um, and I don't know if it's like this for you. But whenever I have a dream that is spiritual, it's very. It feels very different.
0: Yes, I would say that. I, I honestly, I haven't had one in a while, so I'm like trying to remember the feeling. <laughs> but no, you're you're right. It's it's a little more. I don't know that I would say fluid, but kind of fluid, like it it, you for me I remember more of it and it's a little more vivid, I guess, too. Yeah, and
1: I find that they tend to be more visceral as well. Like like I can wake up smelling the place that I was at or feeling like I just was in that place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever woken up smelling anything but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know what you're saying but you
1: know what I mean <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely. yeah it feels more real it, but like but you know that it's not when you're in it you're like oh okay this is interesting you know
1: right exactly
0: um so those things being said would you say that for you it's like an amalgamation of signs like different deities use different ways of getting your attention or is it kind of similar the way they show you signs like I think for me it's a lot of animals like will come and and it's not just like a random bird that you see it's like you said like the birds coming and sitting on your fence or like a crow squawking in my face you know that's usually how it happens but I mean I guess they send other signs too like sometimes I'll I'll maybe see their name in a book like in a book that you wouldn't expect you know a random fictional novel and then like you said like the green man's face just pops up on the wall in a a tattoo shop but definitely a lot of animals too I feel like they use a lot of animals as messengers
1: yeah typically at least one of my three signs tends to be an animal and with that said though I will put in this caveat that like So let's say you think a fox is being sent to you by a deity. Like if you're in the woods and a fox crosses your path, that's probably not too significant. True. But if you're driving your car and a fox goes to cross the road, but the fox stops in the middle of the road and you have to literally stop your car and wait for this fox to move, that's probably a little bit more significant.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, just like with the crows, like you seeing a crow wouldn't be significant, but the fact that the crow was calling in your face. Right. Like that's significant. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
0: I think, I think unfortunately some people, when you start, especially when you're a beginner, it's almost like, like I said, you, you see something and you think, is that a sign? You know, but it's not really, it's literally just a bird, you know, flying by kind of thing. (laughs) So you have to be right to determine is this, yeah. Is this significant is this sign significant or not? And usually it is it is more uh, obvious, like we said. Right. You know, something of animals stopping in the middle of the road or squawking in your face or or it's like an unusual animal starts coming around often, you know, um, that yeah, it wouldn't it's normally u- be. Yeah,
1: it's usually like something out of place like one of these things is not like the other like right. what is happening?
0: <laughs> right exactly okay so mm-hmm. let's talk about how so everyone's obviously everyone's relationship with their deities will be different and in, in, in many ways but there might be some similarities as well but how do you specifically how do you start to work with a god or a goddess when they when they initially come to you and then how do you build on that relationship
1: Well, it really depends on the energy they bring, but I like to think that I work with deity in everything I'm doing, so they're always present for me, Mm -hmm. but um, typically when a new deity comes in, of course they get a place on my altar, Um, because I am a devotee of both a god and a goddess, typically they're both on my altar, Um, and then... I use, like I do offerings and um, I put things around that are significant to them. So like with Rhiannon, horseshoes um, or, you know, the colors that are associated with her. So red and silver, um, Mm -hmm. so things like that. But then to connect with them on a deeper level, typically for me, it's journeying through meditation Or I practice some automatic writing sometimes when I'm in that space. And particularly when I'm doing any kind of crafting stuff, um, sometimes I'll be divinely inspired, if you will. Yeah. to, To throw something in there that I wouldn't normally and then later I find out, oh, that's why I did that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's, uh, that was actually something I was going to discuss too. I think um, sometimes you just get like an, in, you just get inspired to do something and you don't realize that it's actually kind of an offering to that God or goddess that maybe they wanted of you and they just inspired it in you, you know? Um. So oh, yeah. even it's the act of, of doing something or making something. So one of my examples was I, I'm not an artist. I'm a writer, but I cannot draw. But, um, (laughs) but for when I was working with Bersta, there was a a time when I, so I didn't know much about her. She's kind of obscure and you can find some things on the internet, but I wanted to take like all of the information and put it all together, you know, and then do my own research too. And it took me, forever but I read the whole uh well two volumes of Teutonic mythology which is written by uh Jacob Grimm like 100 years ago or whatever he's the same dude that wrote Grimm's fairy tales or one of them rather anyway it's really uh-huh. freaking thick books and I had to literally like sift through each volume um to even find where he mentions her but she's mentioned a lot so I took all that and I took everything that I learned about her I made I wrote an, a long pretty long article And then I realized me just writing that for her and putting it out there was kind of an offering because now more people will know about her. They'll understand her, um, especially with a deity that, you know, hasn't really been honored or or remembered in a while in that way, if that makes sense. So that's right. If you have a a deity that comes through and you don't know a lot about the deity, like if you search online or whatever, if, if you dig into it and you write something for them that's I feel like that's a big offering as well
1: oh yeah for sure and I and I also work with deity a lot in dream space I'm big into dreaming I dream a lot um and I've that's I not only talk to deity there but I get visited by um deceased ancestors and so forth and so on so I do a lot of work in the dream
0: world yeah yeah Um, I honestly, I wouldn't say that a lot of deities come through my dreams for me. I kind of wish they had, and I've asked a few times and I just, it's just not a way that they, uh, communicate with me. I have had like visions through meditation or just being in a, you know, kind of an otherworldly state of mind, um, visions that deities come through, you know, but just, I, I wish that they would come into my dreams and I just don't. I don't get a lot of that for whatever reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that I do a lot of work in the dream world because I actually had, when I had heart surgery, I appeared in somebody else's dream and told them that I was fine and I was
0: with Odin. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: I know. It was totally weird. It was, it was totally weird the way that that story came out, but. Um, yeah. So I was like, I do do a lot of work in the dream world. <laughs>
0: yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we all do more than, than what we think, but you you definitely sound like you're a dream walker then.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. But I, that is something I haven't done in, oh, that's probably about Oh, three years ago was the last time I consciously did that, but
0: Wow. Anyway, cool. no, okay. So <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry that we got
0: that. <laughs> Oh, please, you're fine. It's you know, it's radio, podcast, whatever. You're allowed to go off on cool tangents. So <laughs> so um we kind of talked about, you know, how we honor them. I would say for me too, a lot of it is is studying, you know, as I mentioned, their mythology, their history. I also like to dive into like the people who worship them or followed them because you'll you'll learn a lot about a deity by studying the culture you know whatever culture that was and you right. know looking at maybe exactly. the region where the god or goddess you know where the the people worship them like for Berste, let's say you know it was spots in Germany and Switzerland so I kind of dove into what were these people like back then you know what were the tribes that were there and you can gain a lot of information that way as well. I know a lot of people don't like to dig that far into history, but it is actually very helpful, I think. Um, And then, yeah. And uh, so I don't always set up an altar space for every deity that comes through. I guess it just depends on how long they're with me because I feel like some of them come through and they're just like, okay, here's your message. And then they're out, you know, (laughs) <laughs> it's like a drive-by like you know a drive-through restaurant like coming on <laughs> in all right here's your lesson okay peace out and then they're gone and you're like whoa that was really quick so I guess i choose the ones that stick around a little bit longer and so like right now I do have a small like wall shelf altar for Bastet that I maintain mm. but uh, the Morgan with the crows coming through, I haven't set up anything for her yet, because I just, it hasn't been at the forefront of my practice, I guess. Does that make sense? Right. Um, <clears throat> and maybe sometimes you're just meant to work with, you know, that energy for a bit, and then, then they leave when you're moving on to a different phase. True. Um, so, and go
1: ahead. I ahead. Just- Oh, I was just going to say, I just thought of the coolest uh, deity story too, because, so I have to tell this story, but it is not my story. It is my partner's story. (laughs) So he was, so basically a deity had been calling to him for several years and he hadn't done anything about it. So there were little signs here and there and he kind of had an idea. And, um, this was just this year I had, he got me a poster that was, uh, which is house rules and I even like I Instagrammed it I was so excited about it I hung it up um above the altar space and then one morning we were eating breakfast and the smoke alarm started going off and I was like why is the smoke alarm going off like I know I'm cooking bacon but I'm not burning it no. and then I walked into the living room and that poster had like come off the wall and had caught a candle that was lit so the wall was on fire oh my god yeah so i'm panicking so he (laughs) i (laughs) mean so he immediately took the poster outside and because it was on fire and so we we got it out and then once we got back inside that of course the wall had um soot marks and stuff on it and when i took i because i took a photo of it mm-hmm. and when i took a photo of it it was in the shape of um shiva like it was in the perfect shape of bull horns and a tri- uh, trident Whoa. yeah and so i was like what and then we started researching and come to find out ashes are one of the things that he likes as an offering. And so that poster, like all that was left were the ashes. So they ended up going on the altar and I was like, okay, you're not ignoring this dude anymore because I want to live in the house and not worry about another fire.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. That's. So they
1: can be dramatic if you ignore them long enough.
0: Oh yeah. Well, hopefully not that dramatic again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Hopefully not.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. I would be, you know what, like, I know that it was, that's a really super spiritual experience and with a really big lesson behind it, but I probably would have been pissed off at the deity too, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why you gotta be burning my wall?
0: WTF, man. That's my poster, you know, like, like I
1: literally had that thing three weeks before it just,
0: well, you better frame that, that poster next time you get it right was it framed yeah it wasn't framed right
1: no uh -uh, it wasn't framed
0: oh my gosh still that is scary um so I've never had anything quite that dramatic that's (laughs) I mean that's like one for the books for sure
1: yeah I've never had anything that dramatic either but I think he just kept well and then if you know about Shiva he's the creator and the destroyer so he creates through destruction so there you go and I was like great okay well let's get this under wraps because I don't need any more destruction.
0: Well, I, yeah well and I would feel like and I hope I, I mean anyway uh I would feel like if I was working with Shiva I'd be like never know you never know what's going to happen next like this feels like a very unpredictable relationship you know <laughs> like <laughs> Like, are we creating today? Are we destroying? If you're destroying something, can it be outside of my house and not dangerous? <laughs> Please. My word. That's yeah. Um, so I think we kind of already talked about relationship as far as, you know, people, everybody has a different relationship with, oh no, we didn't talk about this. We kind of went into it, but Everyone's relationship with their God or goddess might be completely different than another person's relationship with that same deity. Like, for example, I had just a small period in time where I worked with uh, Hecate or Hecate, however you want to pronounce it. And that was during when I was pregnant with my son. And, you know, a lot of people, at least from what I see online and what I've heard, a lot of people kind of experience her maybe in a, not in a darker way, but that she's, you know, the guardian at the crossroads and that she's a crone and, you know, she's kind of a psychopomp that leads people to the other side and all these things. But I, I found her to be a little different for me. It was more like a grandmother, like helping me through my pregnancy and her energy was pretty gentle. And it was like, she was there to be a guide and to help my son come into life. So I find that interesting. You know, I had that experience with her. And then the more I researched about her, it was kind of like way different than what other people have experienced with her. So I'm wondering if you have any stories like that.
1: Um, I can tell you that, uh, when I was just coming into my practice, well, not just, I was probably in my practice in a couple of years when I worked with, uh, Hecate and, She was the same for me. I did not find her to be super scary or dark or anything like that. She was more uh, maternal, Mm -hmm. if you put it that way. So I had probably uh, similar experiences you did with her. But I think one of the ones that stands out the most for me is um, Kali. Because so when Kali came into my practice, she scared me to death for a long time. Like I was terrified <laughs> to work with her. And, um, but you know, and it's so funny too, because on my YouTube channel, uh, I did a, a vlog about my whole experience with Kali. And that's like the most watched video on my channel. And it's so funny because all the comments, I, I, I don't even know how many comments there are now, but, that the amount of people that find her to be maternal and loving and not scary is probably greater than the amount of people that were afraid to work with her. So, um, that really stood out for me in Mm -hmm. terms of how different an energy can come across.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like what the person needs at that point in their life is how the deity will present itself or how it will, you know, treat that person. Um, I mean, I'm right. Yeah. I'm sure there's deities that maybe they only have one particular energy and one kind of message, but I feel like they're all very multifaceted, just like, just like a human being, really, you know, we have our angry moments, we have our loving moments and, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, like deities are extremely complex. Yeah. And I think that for I think sometimes as human beings we like to see things in black and white and we polarize things. Mm-hmm. And so even deities you know we say um so and so is an underworld deity, dark deity, uh, you know Lilith and the Morrigan and all of these are dark deities to work with and these are the light ones but I tell you what like some of the lighter ones have their scary side too they all do because they're they're complex Mm -hmm. you know and they can all be you know like look at Rhiannon right so she's ethereal and, and has all these light traits to her but when you get down to it she's like a warrior badass
0: yeah that's true. And, and too, she's, you know, any kind of goddess that I think bridges the gap between the fairy realm and this realm plays that, like straddles that line, basically, like, you know, am I in a good mood today or am I feeling mischievous? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like the Fae, you know, that they're can be pretty unpredictable too. So any kind of goddess that is in that fairy realm can be, it can go either way very easily, I think. Right. So excuse me, no, no worries. Um, For you, oh, this is a good question. And I actually had to think about this when I wrote it out. I was like, oh, this is a good one. And then I sat there, I'm like, how do I answer this? So (laughs) what, (laughs) what, what are some like major lessons that your gods and goddesses have taught you? I felt like that was a really good question. Uh, It it took me a little while. I had to think about it for real, but (laughs) go ahead.
1: I know. Like, I think this answer probably took me the longest to really uh, come up with. Like, not come up with, but because you have such a complex relationship with deities, Mm -hmm. like, to pull out the major lesson in all that work was interesting. So, Odin uh, has probably taught me about sacrifice the most. Mm. Kali, Kali has taught me about how what we believe is our ideals are not necessarily ideal for us, like our life. Um, the green man has taught me that chaos is not disorder, which is interesting because being, being a Virgo and having this love of structure, when the Green Man came, and it was all about winging it and letting go and going with the flow, that was terrifying oh, for me. Yeah,
0: I could see that Virgos <laughs> for sure. Ooh, maybe everybody, maybe every Virgo um, needs to work Hakute. with the Green Man. <laughs> Probably,
1: we're so type mm. <laughs> Um, Hecate taught me what it means to be a witch. Um, she was very, um, influential in, in the beginning of my practice or towards the beginning of my practice, um, as, as a witch and what that means. Um, Artemis taught me the importance of the primal self, which I thought was great. Like I got to work with her the past, uh, three years or so. Um, and then Rhiannon is brand new, so I don't know what she has in store, but it's so funny that you said that when you worked with Rhiannon, it was a lot about strength and faith because so far it, it's, lo- <laughs> it's looking like strength and feminine energy oriented mm. for me. Now, I don't know what aspect of feminine energy it is just yet, but um, definitely strength oriented and my very first goddess, Anya. She was instrumental in um, just init- getting, having life initiate me into a pagan hmm. practice. And, you know, you at, did you, I can't remember if you asked me how I honor deities, but Anya was actually the deity that upon my, when I self-initiated into witchcraft, um, she bestowed upon me <clears throat> the name Alora, And I have used it as my spiritual name and in my practice ever since. And so I see that as a form of offering.
0: Oh, well. yeah. Well, anytime someone says your name, it's like an offering. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what about you? Um, so... I didn't have anything quite that poetic, but, (laughs) um, so I guess in the past few years, the past four years, it's been a lot of the big theme for me, less than wise from deity is self-empowerment. So before I turned, before I got into my thirties, it was very much, I feel like I was just coasting and I just kind of didn't. I wasn't seizing my own personal power. I wasn't making, I made some good decisions for myself, but you know, there's a lot of things that I was just very passive about. And once I turned 30, it was kind of like it, I had a big, I wouldn't say identity crisis, but it was a big moment where I realized I needed to make decisions to better myself or, you know, it's just been all about self-empowerment. So pretty much any deity that's come through in the past four years has been about that, um, about that lesson. And then before that, I think through, each God has a different lesson before that for me. So there was, you know, with Hecate or Hecate, it was healing and the birthing process and, you know, what it's like to kind of, pregnancy is a transition. So it was a lot about learning about transition in life and and the many different transitions we go through even the little ones and then yeah Rihanna was very much I just needed the strength and the faith in my life at that time because it was just kind of things were my life was not it was just unstable like as a teenager um for obvious reasons and then for not so obvious reasons and yeah and so but I, I would say more lately I I my active relationship is with my ancestors and I'm just constantly learning through them as well. Um, so I guess we can wrap that segment up <laughs> unless you have anything else to add about about that, <laughs> like the lessons. Well,
1: no, I don't have anything to add, but you were talking about ancestors. And so that is a good segue into one of the questions that you oh, got on our notes point. here about working with goddesses
0: that our ancestors
1: mm-hmm. worked with. So do you? I,
0: um, I you know, and I, I wrote out this question too. And then I was like, hmm, who would have been? <laughs> <laughs> um. Bershta for sure, because I know I've traced my father's line. Well, I've traced a lot of my, my branches on my family tree pretty far back. But my dad's side, I've traced as far back as, I'm not kidding you, like I think it's 400, the year 400. Oh, yeah, wow. it's I, it, I'm so proud about it. And like you wouldn't believe it unless I showed you. But literally when you open up Ancestry and you click on a branch and it opens up and then you keep going back and back and back. It, it will take me like five minutes just to go all the way back on ancestry because the branch is so long. <laughs> but, um, so I trade, the reason I was wow. able to do that is because he, my dad has a lot of Swiss and German ancestors. And so I found a German ancestor that was linked to some kind of nobility, you know, some kind of Royal person, like in the medieval times. And, once you find like a nobleman or someone royal in your family line which everyone will find it because it's just it's inevitable you have thousands upon thousands of ancestors but if you find that little breadcrumb then you can trace that usually you can trace it further back even by googling the person like it's kind of crazy but if you find like a king in your ancestry in your family line, then you can literally Google the king's name and like a Wikipedia page will come up and it'll, and it'll tell you, hey, this is king's, this is the you know king whoever's mother and father. And then you put those in your family tree and then you just keep going back and back. So anyway, sorry, getting back to the point here. So oh, that line back fine. was a bunch of Saxon kings and queens. And so the Saxon kings and Queens come from Saxony, which is a region in Germany. And so I know in that area that Beristow, excuse me, was, you know, prominent, the worship of her was prominent at some point. And I also know that they, the Saxon kings were named after like Woden and uh, Freya. So I know that when Odin comes mm. through to me, he comes through as Woden with a W, which is actually the Saxon form mm. of Odin um, or, you know what they called him. So, yeah. I, you know, a little bit of that. And, but then beyond that, a lot of the deities I've worked with, I don't, well, I guess Curnunos because he was so widespread over the Celtic empire at one point, like you're, if you're Celtic or you you have ancestors from Europe, there's probably some that worshiped Cornunos. And, uh, I guess that's about mm. it really. How about, how about you? So I
1: am Irish, Scottish, Spanish, and German in my ancestry. And my brother actually had his DNA tested a little while back. And from that, I know that we also have like um, Viking, Germanic Viking ancestry Mm -hmm. as well. So if I had to guess (laughs) uh, probably Odin, uh, probably and then also because I'm Irish and Scottish and German so, but mostly the Irish and Scottish. Anya the green man and Rhiannon possibly. And I won't like, I wouldn't know exactly because I don't have my Irish side traced to an exact location in Ireland. Um, But those are the deities that were in the Celtic Mm -hmm. world, so to speak. Um, And as far as I also do a lot with um, some of my practice, well, a lot of my practice is actually some uh, Southern folk magic that I weave in there as well. And I think that has a lot to do with my <clears throat> Spanish heritage because, and when I say Spanish, I'm talking yeah. about Spain. <clears throat> and so if you look at Spain, they a lot of their um, holidays and, and feast days and all that revolve around the saints. And I do work with the saints a lot in my mm. practice as well.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So that's got to be, that's got to be like a Spanish.
0: Yeah. yeah, that makes I sense. Think. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's cool though. I haven't worked with any saints. I don't think I lie. I lie. Uh, Archangel Michael, no? he's considered a saint, but Um, yeah. Oh, he's a really interesting character i would say but i I recommend people if they're if they're okay with working with angels if you need protection that's definitely the the deity or the angel you want to call on
1: um right i've I've a lot with um saint expedite (laughs) because i'm impatient
0: saint expedite is that the one that likes the 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 bread what's it called oh my god uh,
1: uh, I know pound that cake. he loves pound cake. Ah, I, I don't know oh. about that. I know that he loves red things, and I know that he makes things happen with the quickness when when you're impatient or you need things to just happen yeah. now. Um, but but I also know that he's also, uh, like if he helps you, like you owe him, and so if you don't like honor do an honoring or an offering after you receive um whatever it is that you've um Mm -hmm. asked for from him then he then he will not help you (laughs) (laughs) the next time so I'm always mindful always mindful if he helps me out I definitely uh pay homage yeah
0: yeah um I've, I have heard that about certain saints, it, you know, that if you, if they help you out, then some of them expect you to, you know, give an offering of gratitude or something. I swore it was the St. Expedite that likes the pound cake, but it might be a different. Clearly, I don't know a lot about the saints. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> I... Now I'm going to have to look that up because that's the first time I've heard that, but it could totally be possible. Yeah.
0: It's um, I know. I'm like, I need to look it up too now. Who was that? It's going to drive me crazy. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. Ancestors we discussed what, okay. I guess we'll wrap it up with this question. Cause a lot of beginners always want to know this. What advice would you give beginners on how to find or you know they they usually say how do i find a god or goddess to work with so do you want to answer that first
1: i yeah go ahead can (laughs) um the main thing like what i tell people when they ask me this question is start with yourself first so if you know your heritage um background start there look into the mythology of the cultures you come from if you don't know look into the cultures that you're pulled mm-hmm. towards um and they can be you know it can be anything from norse to egyptian to uh just any yeah. any <laughs> um that you are yeah that you're called to um pay attention to signs, make sure that you're paying attention. And like we talked about before, you know, if it's a, something that is ordinary, that would ordinarily happen out in nature, it's probably not a sign. But if it's something that is, you know, one of these things is not like the other, and it's a strange occurrence, that's probably a yeah. sign. Um, I would say don't pressure yeah. yourself um, or overexert trying to find a deity because you will get frustrated you will think everything's a sign you will convince yourself that it's this deity and then you won't be sure and then you'll be like well maybe it's this deity so try to relax that's true
0: <laughs> yeah um, don't force it
1: and this and this, yeah and this advice is for like if you're trying to hear a calling Now, if you are somebody that doesn't want to wait to be called or feels like you want to approach a deity specifically to work with, um, I would say if you want to do that, I highly recommend journeying um, to try to meet up with the deity in uh, spiritual space Mm -hmm. in the spirit realm um, to ask permission and uh, be respectful and see what they have to say, because I know from candle work and working with other people's deities, I have to ask permission from my deities to be able to engage with whatever deity it is at the time. And I have actually had um, trouble with that in the past. Yeah. <laughs> because some deities are more possessive oh, than others. Yeah, I so could see that. You, <laughs> you always want to yeah. ask permission. At least that's my Advice, yeah,
0: that's I think you pretty much hit everything that I was going to talk about. Um, yeah, and the journeying to meet specific deities, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, if the, well, if the god or goddess is more well known, there's usually a book written on them, and some of the books even have like suggested journeying uh, meditations that you can you know record and then do if, if you need more of like a guided process like I'm just I'm just started reading a book on the mor again and there's definitely quite a few little journeying meditations that the author includes which is pretty cool. I haven't done one yet. I do plan on it though. So. Oh,
1: and that's another thing too like if you're going to do a journey to meet a deity in in the spirit realm um understand that it may not happen on the first go uh because it depends on how well versed you are in getting to mm-hmm. the spirit realm and connecting with deity. Because if you're brand new and you've never done this before, uh, it's probably going to take you a couple of tries uh, to connect. So don't don't give up. Just and don't get frustrated because you can do it. It just might take a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: that's true. And I would say, you know, relax about it too. Cause the more, again, the more you try to force stuff like this, it's, it will get frustrating. So you just kind of let things happen. And especially with the journeying too, I found anytime I do uh, a journeying meditation or, or anything of that nature, as long as I'm relaxed, something will usually happen, you know? So I think it's about getting yourself into that relaxed state of mind first. And then, jumping into something like that um well you'll be more open to it i think yeah well and it's
1: just like dating you know if if you're going out on a ton of tender (laughs) dates and looking for you know mr (laughs) mr right the odds that you're gonna find that are slim to none but you could be like completely in the grocery store and it happens that way so and i think deity is a lot like that
0: wouldn't that be cool if there was like a a a tinder app for deities (laughs) you know you're like oh oh, no which is it see i've listen i got married before all this stuff was ever even a thing but is it swipe right or swipe left if you're getting rid of someone like you don't like them Oh, uh, I, I
1: think okay. it's swipe left. So you're you like, you know, a God comes through and you're like, mm,
0: I don't like this energy. Swipe left. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh,
1: that's hilarious. <laughs> Is there anything
0: you want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think we covered a lot.
1: And I hope that it helps people connect better with Yeah, deity. I hope
0: so too. All right. Well, um, we will be back in the future months. I don't know when with another episode, everything's so up in the <laughs> air right now because of, you know, current events that have happened and, but we will be back at some point and uh, we'll have a Laura join us again. I appreciate that you came on with me and did this awesome podcast. Oh, I,
1: I loved doing it. It's so much fun every time. We All do this.
0: right. Bye people.
1: Bye.